You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 711 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. On this week's episode, we have returning for one more World Cup review, our friend Patty Mayer. We've got a great new book for review, Sport Horse Problem Solver by Eric Smiley. And then Reese and I will bring you a tip about using the full scale of intensity when working with your aids. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm great. And you know why? Uh, why are you great? Because A, I got surgery done on my on my I mouth. know. Yeah. No. So that, that, I mean, that, that's fine. And it's almost 30 degrees up here in Canada today. So Celsius. Celsius, everybody. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's way warmer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we got outside using a little bit the uh, outdoor arena. Did you run about, outside? Like, uh, how did that go? Well, yeah, it, it went fine. I, I only was working the horses that I trust to be out. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not the young horses or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was was good. Their horses are always a little more settled when it's, when it's hot, I think. When it's hot. <laughs> yeah, when it's hot. And are. that's, did you break okay, a record? You know, whatever. So. so 30 degrees Celsius, everybody, I just did the quick conversion. It's 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Phil, I think it was warmer in Canada than, it, it, we hit like 82 today. It was beautiful. Like it has been, I'm not going to lie, normally I'm really nervous about coming home uh, beginning of April because Kentucky can be really weird. But right now it's weird in the most delightful way. Like it has been so beautiful. I also was outside today. I was like, I can't be inside. It's too nice. Like it was beautiful here, but 86 was warmer than here. And I had to break some records. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that I I don't have confirmation of that right now, but, uh, and then perhaps next week, Tuesday, it could, they're calling for some snow. So yeah, it's a really (laughs) weird time. Yeah, weird time. So Phil, just because everybody, I don't know if you heard me make fun of Phil from when he was in Florida. Did you use sunscreen and apply it appropriately? <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, yes. But I everybody, mean, I, Phil, you know, like being, being a rider, I'm in breeches and boots and whatever. Right, but, just layers and upon layers, you know, on my <laughs> bottom half, and that's why you were making fun of me is because my well, legs because got a little he bit did the burned. spray. You know, everybody, you can always tell when people come from up north because he used the spray, which, of course, he missed spots. And then he had all these red marks on his legs. And uh, we were making fun of him because there was really it was bad. And Meredith, Phil's very intelligent wife, was like, no, I didn't use that. I used the lotion. So there was a whole thing of making fun of Philip and his sunscreen applying skills. And uh, so I just want to make sure you applied appropriately. Yeah. 86 30 degrees celsius you could you could really get a sunburn (laughs) 
Yeah. All right. I'm teasing you, but I am so glad. I'm glad. I think probably everyone was able to get outside. Oh my gosh. Isn't that fun? It's like the horses are so happy. I did a, I, I actually hacked a couple of horses today too. I had one horse. He, we actually have a horse show next week and he was so good yesterday. I rode through the test and, and I thought he deserved a nice day outside. So uh, we hacked with a buddy and that was fun. And yeah, it was good. It, it, we're going to also have all, a, I mean, I know they all feel good when they can go out and, and get a little grass and, and their blankets oh. are off. And so that's, oh. uh, yeah, no, it's literally sun's out, guns out here. Like the horses are loving it. Yeah, it's been great. We are supposed to kind of change, but literally, I mean, I, we have to have muzzles on, you know, cause the horses have been no grass and uh, right. it's yeah, yeah. so beautiful and green here that we're like, mm, we need muzzles. So uh, yeah, so we're doing that. And we did literally just talked about that, like adjusting the feed. Uh, we do have to be careful this time of year. Because, especially because the horses had no grass in Florida. So uh, we're, we're a little bit careful, but they're all having a blast. We can't even catch them. They're just like feral. They're like, we live <laughs> outside now. <laughs> uh, yeah. The young horses are out and having a, having a blast. So uh, it's great. Well, I love it. At least you get some, some springtime weather. Uh, I, I feel like every day is a little closer to what is actually summer. Uh, but I do feel like we're going to get one more like snowstorm here too. It's happening or rain for sure. For sure, during Land Rover, it's going to happen. It's gonna yeah, be, yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. It's saving it up. Um, Land, Land Rover tends to be a bit, a bit wet in my recollections of the years. In so, the Derby, uh, yeah, Land Rover yeah. Derby, yeah, it's always right. a little wet here. So right. we're going to hope not. We're going to hope this whole beautiful weather streak comes on. But we have a fantastic show. Uh, I, everyone, we got great comments on Patty Mayer's discussion on the Grand Prix from the World Cup Freestyle. And uh, we weren't sure she was going to go back, but she did. And I think you're going to love her interview. We laughed. We really enjoyed her commentary. It's fantastic. So we're going to have a break from Kentucky Performance Products and come back with Patty Mayer on her review of the Freestyle at the World Cup. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Have you heard of Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a yeast, a type of probiotic. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it benefits your horse's digestive tract in several different ways. One unique property of S. boulardii is that it supports the stimulation of something called brush broader membrane enzymes that are found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advanced contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, 
Well, everyone, back by popular demand and because she was able to go to the World Cup final, we have Patty Mayer, international rider, coach, and our correspondent for the World Cup. Patty, we're so glad you went back for the for the actual freestyles. For the so freestyle. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much. Yeah, I went back for the freestyle on Friday night. The vaulting on Saturday and the jumping on Saturday. And it was so worth it. So worth it. Uh, you know, these are horses and riders, you know, I, I haven't, you know, I mean, I've seen a bunch of them in person, but not all of them for sure. And it was, so it was really exciting and really fun. I love and, it. So we're going to let you get started just right away. Okay. You, you're com- so, you were giving I, me commentary during it and it was amazing. I didn't even feel like I needed to watch because <laughs> your commentary was amazing. So uh, we're going to awesome. let you roll. Yeah. So what I was doing during the, the freestyle was I was texting Reese. So at least I had some notes, but also so she could keep up to date on it. So I'm going to do this in the order people rode. So if a bunch of people didn't ride, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like one of the horses had a colic surgery. So, but for the ones who did, I mean, I got to tell you, there's going to be like newsflash. They all ride better than I do. Really, they do. And their horses <laughs> are really nice, like super good. And my God, they do not leave points on the table if they can help it. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So I'm going to actually start with Tribbiani, who was the entry from Singapore and is 19 years old. The horse has been ridden in the Olympics before, been ridden in the World Games before. It is just one of those solid citizens, or at least it's 19, so now it is. It's mm-hmm. uphill. It's got this super correct frame. She had a lovely test. She overrode one extended trot. The first one-time change was a little high behind. Oh, well. she Her degree of difficulty, this is the woman who did not, she came in like second to last. Her degree of difficulty was 8.6. Her music, her music, the score for the music, inter, music and interpretation, 7.9. Choreography, 8. Harmony, 7.3. I mean, really. Like... <laughs> Caroline Chu okay. is her name. And we saw her in Wellington. Yes. She rode all winter and she's yeah. awesome. Like she's really yeah. good. She's of course learning, but oh my, she's really good. Yeah. I mean, I want to, I actually want, you know, she's one of those riders who, and I mean, she rides better than me, so whatever, but I still want to put her on a lunge line and get her legs longer because she tends to get her knee a little high, but she has a beautiful aiding system and it's so, mm-hmm. it's very classical and the horse is super happy in its work and bless her. Then, okay, then the next one. The next one is this woman, Justina, on a horse called Nabob from Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They brought the house down. Seriously. Wow. They had the most popular freestyle of anyone. And and it was spectacular. They did it to Star Wars music, which is, you know, you want to say a yawn. But she started out with the 20th Century Fox logo music, and so which is, fa- which is fantastic. And then she chose great bits and pieces. I mean, obviously, there are a million Star Wars films. She chose great bits and pieces and did them in a super smart way. So it was very big. I mean, the horse is a big, powerful horse. It was very, very big for passage and passage half passes. And then, you know, not so much for other things. I mean, she used she used themes. So each, mm-hmm. it wasn't just that she was using, uh, you know, so every time she passaged, she had the same theme going, which was, I just thought, lovely. In terms of the horse itself, really nice half passes, both trot and passage. The piaf is a little blah and at least, you know how, I mean, again, this has never happened to me. Like the horse is a little bit high behind and a little bit low in front in the piaf. It mm-hmm. was a little bit that way, which I don't think it was in the Grand Prix, but it was in the freestyle. But the choreography included, you know, a one and a half pirouette straight into twos to a pirouette to an extended canter to a pirouette oh. to one. 
No, no, I mean, insane. These people were insane. And she had this huge grin on her face. She had the crowd, literally the crowd was on its feet when she was finished, on its feet cheering. It was great. Like, I get teary thinking about it. It was bold. It was fun. It was wonderful. She got a 73.693, degree of difficulty 8, music 8.2, which I think was a ripoff. I think that music should have been higher, even though I'm sure they're right on the degree of difficulty in the things they know. Choreography 8, harmony 7.4. So, I mean, I just thought the music was spectacularly good. I'm going to say probably one of the three best of the evening. Then there's a woman whose name, and I'm going to mispronounce everyone's name. I'm sure Justina is not called Justina in Lithuanian. I'm sure that it's something, you know, a little bit different pronunciation. <laughs> pronunciation. This is going to be true throughout, so I apologize. Um, a woman called Jorinda from Bel- from Belgium on Shemur. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sure I just pronounced everything except for the word Belgium. Um, <laughs> I, I thought the music was sort of blah. I really did. I mean, it was sort of generic. The Piaf was, again, that little bit, you know how when, again, when you're, when the Piaf is just that tiny bit, like they're not really bending their knees and elbows, it was a little bit that, again, you know, far be it for me to criticize, it was fine. The horse has a super walk, like, and I should have looked up what the judges gave it, but I mean, I would have given it a nine, easy, easy for the walk. The canter music, better than the trot, she it included, you know, Unstoppable and Chandelier and you know, that was more fun. Although, again, not the best versions of those. Changes a little bit high behind. First pirouette a little bit on the middle. But then she ended up, and this is what's important to me, like, you need to have that good ending. She ended up, and I and I don't know the real name of the song, but with the final passage up the center line was to I'm Alive or I'm Still Breathing. I'm sure there's a real title for that song. So the music got better and better. So... Degree of difficulty, they gave her an eight. The music, they gave her a 7.9. And I have to say, I thought for my taste, it, even that was a little generous because, again, it just seemed generic. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to give the previous one an 8.2, it wasn't just a 0.3 difference. Choreography, 7.8. Harmony, 7.1. Then there's a woman, Morgan, from France, who's also you saw in Wellington a lot on, on yeah. Sir Donna Hall. So... I'll tell you, these people are ballsy about how they choreograph things. And you can see the choreography because they, you know, it's all with the judges. So you can see it on this, the scoring app. So you'll be able to take a look at how they choreographed it if people are nerd balls and interested, as I am. Anyway, <laughs> she begins with an extended canter to a pirouette to a zigzag to a pirouette. Whoa. Because, you know, because of course you do, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> of course, is elegant. The changes are ginormous. Like, I would say almost too big because he launches himself in the air and then lands a little bit. So it almost looks like a rear through. Wow. Um, but it's, I mean, the, the judges, I mean, like, I don't know what they, I should look and see what they did with the changes. Um, I mean, he's super elegant. Um, he does, ev- everyone had a fake tail, I think maybe except for Isabel, but everyone had a fake tail in. And this one was huge. Like, like it was the hugest fake tail ever i'm sure he has a nice tail normally but like then you added essentially a small car's worth of hair at the bottom and it seemed to bother him a little bit like um and it and it didn't look very natural so anyway there you go my fake tail thing and not that i don't love them but you know anyway it it just seemed to bug him so you you kind of was distracting (laughs) um Piaf was a little bit earth pound passage, what made up for it, fabulous. 
he does because I think because his canter is so big, he slows down a lot in the pirouettes. Every horse slows down in the pirouettes, right? Pirouettes, not three beats, right? <laughs> in general, right. Yeah. this right. horse really slows down in the pirouettes. He sits, he's very, very, you know, he really separates his hind legs, but it is significantly slower, which I thought was sort of interesting. Um, I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent. I just comment on it. Um, a, get a little sorry, bobble I was going to ask you, does the, does the music follow the, the tempo of it? Like, not is, as is, much as it could. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. But I think if, if I was doing the music for that, like, again, like I'm an expert on this, I would have slowed that down. Even, I mean, I would have just acknowledged it and inhabited it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Musically. Um, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure they did enough. Um, and then she had a couple of little bobbles in the changes and one into the pee off and who cares? It was lovely. (laughs) And, um, and she, I have to say, this is the only horse, though. So she finishes, the, uh, and everyone breaks into applause, as they do at the end of all of them. And this horse said, peace out, and spun. Yeah. And I got to tell yeah. you, this woman can ride. Yeah. <laughs> wow. She's, I mean, because I think she was on a dropped rein, and he was like, yeah, forget oh. it. And <laughs> seems like they're attacking me from the stands. Yeah, anyway, she did great. Um, she got a score of 74.814. Um, the degree of difficulty was 8.9. Whoa. Which I now must have. Harder. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So the degree of difficulty was 8.9. The music was 8.2, which again, I think is a little generous. The choreography was an eight and the harmony was a 7.4. I, you know, again, the degree of difficulty they do by computer. So they are not wrong on it. She made it look easy enough so that I didn't have that sense of it being difficult. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you're looking yeah, at something going, cool. wow, that person, like this time you didn't see it. The, the frame is so good. The only thing I, the only like, I mean, if you're going to have a negative comment about spectacular animals, he does slap his lip a tiny bit. Hmm. And I wonder if the judges care. And I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I need to ask some judgy friend. I mean, other than me, some better judge. That would be friend. interesting. Yeah. Report back. Yeah. Cause That'd I mean, be- I wouldn't care if I, you know, if I was judging, I mean, I only get to judge lower levels, but I mean, if I was judging, I'd be like, whatever, there's so much good. I'm going to, I could care less, but yeah. I wonder if they did. Then there was Alice, and I got to tell you, that that horse, Piafs and Passages and Piafs and Passages, it's spectacular. She is, and you'll see this in their scores, she is a little bit of a busy rider, and her legs are so long, and I mean so long. Yes. I mean, by the way, as you probably know, I am planning on being tall and slender in my next life. So, I mean, I would love <laughs> to be her. This is a problem I would like to have, but her legs are so long that she can literally touch the horse on the flanks. Yes, and quite often her, and quite often her leg is behind the saddle pad and up on the flank. Right. The horse clearly could, I mean, you know, you could teach a horse to pee off by saying walk and teach them to canter by saying, I mean, they don't care what aiding system you use as long as you use it consistently. And she clearly does. And the horse clearly understands it. But it was, for me, it was distracting because the horse is so beautiful and she, her upper body is so spectacularly good. And so to me, it was just a little bit like, wow, you you see it all the time. So there you go. With that said, the Piaf Passage Tour, each time, each Piaf, each Passage, fabulous. She did get a tiny bit behind her music at the start, but she caught up. She did a Piaf Pirouette left and then just turned it to a Piaf Pirouette right. 
as one does. And wow. I mean, it just was spectacular and easy looking. And that's the key, right? You want all these things to be super hard on the DOD, on the degree of difficulty, and then look like you you know, are smoking dope and hanging out at the beach. And in <laughs> fact, her degree of difficulty was an 8.9. Wow. The degree of difficulty was 8.9. The music was 8.3. Again, I thought a little high. Choreography an 8, harmony 7.3. And my guess is, because it didn't look unharm. I mean, obviously, 8.3 is fabulous. <laughs> I'd love to get that. But my guess is that they're taking it down because she's a little busy with her lower legs. I mean, I I don't know, but that Mm -hmm. would be my guess. Mm -hmm. Then Cedar Dance with Simone Pierce. He has the most lovely outline, that horse. It's classical. It's solid. Every stride was to the beat. The rider sits beautifully. It's very correct. I kind of was interested in the music. It was kind of contemporary or clubby sort of versions of rock, of a couple of rock standards. Well, or at least some of them were, including I Can Feel It Coming in the Air Tonight. Like, you know what I mean? So, which is, you know, of my era. But then the actual version of it was a much more contemporary version. The music transitions were great. And everything she did was pretty much on beat, especially the ones she just bump, 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 bump. She ends with a canter pirouette to a piaf pirouette to an extended trot with one hand. Again, as one does. <laughs> she got a 76.811. Her degree of difficulty was an 8.7, music 8.5, which I agree with, harmony 7.8, choreography 8.4. So of this group, she's like, they've liked her choreography the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, this it, this is all one of those like this is all fangirl stuff, right? right. <laughs> they're going, <laughs> they're going, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Not, oh, I can do not, that. Not, not happening. And I mean, I have I have several Grand Prix horses, and I'm a pretty good rider. And yeah, not doing that. Yeah, not, <laughs> not. doing that. <laughs> right. So now I'm going to kill kill someone's name. Her name is Thalmar Thalmar Westra on a horse called Ichweis. I know how to pronounce that. Yeah. Yeah, who's, the horse only is- ten year- right. Normal. who's only 10 years old. Because, you know, you bring a 10-year-old to the World Cup. Yeah, right, normal. <laughs> yeah, right, normal. Old-fashioned horse in kind of the best possible way. You know, so a little more gelder. I'm sure it's not, but a little more gelder looking than okay. You like that, than though. Modern. It's your favorite. As you know, very. it's my favorite. It's yeah. my favorite. Uh, so... And super good, smart, smart music to start with. She started with another one, Bites the Dust. Like, oh, fun. great. Yeah. Like, totally fun. And, you know, the rhythm was good. It was perfect for the horse. And then she ends up with kind of generic music through the middle of it, through like most hmm. of it. Then she has kind of under pressure for a while, but not a great version of it. Sort of generic. It's sort of generic, We Will Rock You. Then she goes to Spanish music, which seemed huh. insanely weird to me. So, and again, you're going to... This is where I disagree with the judges. With that said, who cares? The Piaf and Passage were active and solid. The twos had some mistakes. Who cares? Bold extensions. The ones were on the beat. Beautiful extended walk. Rooted a tiny bit in that, but still really big. Um, They did an extended to Piaf, which is great. Final center line was to Queen. Nothing really matters, which I thought was weird. Just a weird thematic choice. Does nothing really matter? When you're coming up the center line, I, I think they things do. Anyway, she ended up with a 78.2, degree of difficulty 9. Oh. Music, I know, music 8.6, which I disagree with. I think that should have been lower. Choreography 8.5. So, hey. so I mean, I, you know, so yay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then 
Then there's a, a woman called Joanna, and again, I hate this. Uh, I'm going to kill her name. Duboncha, D-U-E-B-O-J-E, mm-hmm. Duboncha. Yeah, oh, on a horse called Maisie. That's how I would say. Okay, fine. Johanna, either Joanna, Johanna or Joanna. Anyway, on a horse called Maisie. Again, giant fake tail. I mean, like too fake. Like it's bad what I'm commenting <laughs> on in my notes. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like oh that woman had her lips done. I mean you know, that right that yeah um, again too so much. when it's obvious, when it's obvious yeah, across obviously. yeah too like much. yeah <laughs> yeah too much anyway so the music was interesting to me it was and I bet you it was supposed to be Appalachian it had a, a feel that it had an interesting feel for most of it of something a kind of Ireland if it had Celtic meets Appalachia a Celtic oh. meets bluegrass. Okay. And I liked it. And, and maybe, it was, I mean, and yeah, it's, it's like, it, it wasn't, but it, it, and again, this was my feel. I mean, I'm not, I'm not educated enough to really know what they were doing, but that was the feel for it. For me, there was a little bit of a weirdness at the end where they sort of went to Disney's enchanted Tiki room, which I thought was odd, but what? whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> Other than that. Weird. So it was, there, there was a little bit of weirdness. But some was really fun. And the trend, uh, again, I didn't think the tra- her transitions and the music lined up beautifully. To me, other than she had one break and one extension, to me, she felt throughout. And again, this is me criticizing my betters. So I, whatever. To me, it sort of felt hurried. Like she was okay. just that little bit rushed instead of on the beat. And I don't think it was the music making her feel hurried. If I were to guess without knowing, you know how some conductors, when they get in front of people, everything, they conduct a little faster? So yeah. your adrenaline makes you go a little faster. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing. I can guess it was that. Yeah. 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 The horse is lovely. It just felt a little rushed to me. She got a 71.18. The degree of difficulty was 8.4. The music was 8.4. The choreography was 8.3. And the harmony was 7.8. And now we're heading to the big guns. All right. Bless Anna Buffini. Oh, Anna Buffini she nailed it. The crowd, she totally nailed it. The best she, I mean, like I watch Anna ride all the time because she's a West Coast person and I've seen her yeah. for you know years. She rode beautifully mm-hmm. and and in difficult circumstances because she came in and the crowd started cheering. Ah, she okay. kept her focus. She kept her mare's focus. I mean, really good. I mean, she had one like tiny little bobble in the canter transition, but then recovered to this beautiful pirouette. You know, I would say that maybe the pull was like microscopically low at the beginning of the ones, but then another beautiful pirouette and extension. <laughs> There's one transition to the passage that I thought didn't quite match the music. The walk is choreographed on bending lines, which I think is smart. She even manured in the pee-off and still got a beautiful pee-off. I mean, Anna rode so well and so focused, so focused. And, you know, she's a good performer and obviously a phenomenal athlete, but she didn't lose any of it. She didn't lose any focus. So degree of difficulty, 9.2. Music, 8.6. And Anna sings in it, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, she (laughs) talked about it um, on her interview here, too. Awesome. Good, 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 good. Music 8.6, choreography 8.5, harmony 7.9. Then Isabel. Hmm. So Isabel, you know, again, Isabel being Isabel, right? By the way, I think it was all Bonnie Raitt covers she did. I'm pretty sure it was all that. I mean, it was mostly Bonnie Raitt covers for sure. And I love Bonnie Raitt. I 
was a little surprised at how much the judges liked it, but I liked it. I mean, I like it because it's my, again, my generation, but I guess it's the judge's generation too. Sure. She does is again, one does, you know, a Piaf to a canter pirouette. She does, you know, her, she goes from halt to Piaf. Her extended trots are uphill and caring and powerful. She got ahead of the music for a little moment, but of course she fixed it. Yeah. I thought the ones were a little bouncy behind and the walk is for sure dodgy. And I'll tell you about that in a second. I mean, for sure dodgy. So again, canter pirouette to Piaf as one does. She did a, she did a naughty, which is you are, I think, and I, I, now I want to go back and read the rule. You're not supposed to encourage the audience to clap. But she's Isabel. And so say, she, she does it all the like time, it. I think. Yeah. She does it all the time. So what she did is, I'm sure it was, what she did was she banged on the horses in, in a pirouette or something hard, right? She starts banging a rhythm on the horse's shoulders with both of her hands. Not not in a mean way, just in a kind of, she's she's like tapping his shoulders in rhythm and nodding to the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so of course she gets so of course she gets everyone clapping along. Yes. Um the judges clearly either didn't know or didn't see it or didn't care. Um, right. Or it's not violating the rules because maybe she didn't take her hand off the reins or something. Whatever. <laughs> she got an eighty five. She can do whatever she wants, pretty much. She can do whatever yeah. she wants. Yeah. She got an eighty five point seven six one. Degree of difficulty, sit down for this nine point seven. What? Music nine point nine. Wow. And I did okay. go, because the walk is dodgy. I did go and look at the walk because the first day the judges had given her a 5.4, you know, collectively of the seven, a 5.4 on the collected walk, which I thought was too much, and a 6.5 or something together, on, or 6.4, 6.5 on the extended walk, which I thought was too much. This time they did give her a seven, a 4.7, a 4.7 on the collected walk and a 6.1 on the extended walk. And she still got an 85.7. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, cause she is, cause you know, she can do that stuff. Um, and I'm glad they liked the music. I don't think it was 9.9. I mean, you know, amazing. like I thought it was that's very a really good. high score. I, I mean, that's I, pretty like, amazing. Song, yeah. yeah. Almost mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, wait for a second because then Delaria came in. Yeah. Because I was going to say, had if you French... go 9.9, like you only yeah. got a little bit to go. So, yeah. So she has kind of French cabaret music. Mm-hmm. Just lovely. Perfect for the horse. Light, rhythmic. And, and that, you know, the horse is such, so much like a dancer. The Piaf is amazing. The extended trot, I mean, like like a dancer. She's not the most powerful horse, right? But everything is rhythmic and uphill, and the frame is just a tiny bit open in the throat latch and just as lovely as lovely can be. Um, and, you know, she did, as one, again, as one does, canter to passage half-pass to pee off to passage half-pass to pee off to passage, absolutely on the music. The music absolutely fit the horse. She got a 90.482. The degree of difficulty was a 10. And again, that's done by computer. So that's not the judge's opinion. The degree of difficulty was a 10. And the interpretation was a 10. The music was a 10. And I have to say, I agree with that. I mean, that was, I know that Edinburgh cares that I agree with them, right? But, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, So there you go. Okay. So Stefan... Halt wasn't quite square. I mean, everything else sits. Everything sits, though. The passage sits. The pee-off sits. The canter sits. The trot sits. I mean, it's the horse with who has the best hip rotation of them all. Um, 
you know, he did again, canter pirouette to pee off. He had a tiny little bubble in the pirouette. He does walk to pee off so soft, so easy. This, he does a very oblique trot half pass to the right. I mean, this horse is what, 18.3? He does the half pass from K to P. Wow. And it just Whoa. dances across. Um, the passage was way better than the Grand Prix, I thought. He's still using Ravel's music to, for the most part. And then what he does is tweak it. And he's tweaked it through the years. This time, the tweak was to add a rap that at the end, which was a kind of homage to the crip walking horse from Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. was cute. To. That was cute. Um, the audience was on its feet. I thought he was underscored. And the audience really thought he was underscored. Uh, he had, and by the way, again, this does not suck, 83.921. Right. Here's, the, here's, I think, what got him. His degree of difficulty is a 9.4. And the music is a 9.5, choreography a 9, harmony 8.8. Hmm. So, I mean, to me, it was the best I've ever seen that horse go. And again, I you know, I love Stefan. He's a friend. I, I get to ride with yeah. him. So I'm insanely prejudiced about this. Right. But yeah. I thought it was the best I've seen the horse go. And I like that horse. You know, he was straighter in the Piaf Passage. He was straight in the changes. He just looks more powerful. He looks super comfortable in his work. He came in fourth. Now, Zephyr. Mm-hmm. Very classical. Piaf, wow, very, okay. very classical. Slightly irregular in the first passage. I mean, slightly. And then, then of course, does a Piaf pirouette and the passage improves. <laughs> <laughs> super soft canter transitions. Super peaceful. The music, the horse, absolutely solid and peaceful looking. The ones were absolutely on the beat. She did a very conservative Piaf fan, 87.146, degree of difficulty, 9.7, music interpretation, 9.8. So, I mean, to me, you know, it's, to me, it's a degree of difficulty thing that's, that's, I mean, cause I was like, why isn't Stefan on the podium? Cause it oh. just, to me, looked so good. And the answer is the people who were on the podium had a degree of difficulty of 9.7, 10, and 9.7, and his degree of difficulty was 9.4. His music is 9.5. The others are, his music interpreted, the others are 9.8, 10, and 9.9. Yeah, there, like, that's the difference. Well, I mean, I think... That's hard. I, I think that uh, I'm going to be a little politically incorrect, but, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the World Cup, the mm-hmm. uh, the judges can... There's no justification for I like this music better or I, I like that music. So they they will put whoever they there want on, on the podium. That's you know, giving Isabel a nine nine for her, uh, you know, artistic impression can, will guarantee her a spot. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's that's true. And I, I mean, by that. the way, yes, I'm sure they do, but they also probably believe it. That's not, it's, you know, what I mean, like the fact that I. You know, again, I I liked her music better than I mean. Again, I I just think that you know I think that Stefan's been using you know tweaking the Ravel music for years, and at some point probably should start again just to have something fresh. But with that said, it's nine point nine. It gets yeah nine point nine. God is on this on this stand. I mean for sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even with, by the way, even with a four plus on the walk. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. It, I mean, right. While, while you're and, while you're filling out the judges' scorecard, you're like, oh, four. She's got to make up for it mm-hmm. somewhere because we want her uh, on. Yeah, we, but I don't. I I think that's overly cynical, personally. 
Okay. I do. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist and, you know, about, <laughs> well, about freestyles and, and inter- <laughs> interpretation of freestyles and, and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, to me, it should be about, and, you know, you should definitely have Terry Gallo on at some point, obviously, and I'm, you probably have had, but to me, it should be about how things match the horse, how the transitions go, you know, so, and I didn't have that sense either with Isabel or with Zephyr that those were so much better. I mean, again, what do I know? I'm just telling you yeah. my, my kind of theory about it. So there you go. That was the World Cup. By the way, the vaulting was amazing and the jumping was shocking. I mean, like these people. Yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. It, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is. Oh, In like this so tiny glad. space. So there you go. We're so glad you got to go back. And and it really wasn't, still wasn't full, was it? Uh, not even close. They, I mean, I don't, somebody had said that they'd sold out the house. If so, they sold it out to people who never showed up. This yeah. I mean, I would say the most crowded it was, was for the freestyle for dressage and or for the jumping on Saturday night. And it was under a third full. I mean, well under a third. Mm-hmm. And everything else was like, you know, a bunch of people who waved at each other across not crowded roofs. And that to me was sad. And I think it really had to do with the way they programmed it. I think that they could have easily, easily, easily done it in three days, not four. Easily had all, you know, all the dressage is only two days. The vaulting's two days and the jumping's two days. And you could have just done jumping day one, dressage, vaulting, jumping day two, dressage, vaulting, Mm -hmm. jumping day three, and people would have come. Yeah, you yeah, know, for sure. It's just, you know, it. So I just thought, as a programming matter, it was, it was done in a way that didn't encourage an audience to come to Omaha, which is not not a lot of places with direct flights. So right. there you go. Right. Exactly. Oh well, Patty. Anyway, that was such fun coverage that you you kept us all entertained. I loved it. How can our listeners yeah. find you online? On Facebook, Patty Mayer or Patty Mayer Dressage. P a t t y m a y e r. On cell phone or on text, 310-729-3365. And on email, bailiwickhouse at gmail.com. B for boy, A-I-L-I-W-I-C-K-H-O-U-S-E at gmail. Awesome. Patty, thank you so much as always. We'd love it when you come on with us. Thank you. It's, It's fun as always. Talk to you soon. The Horsemanship Radio Podcast is dedicated to the advancement of great horsemanship throughout the world. Monty Roberts often stops by to present on this podcast, hosted by his daughter and legacy strategist, Debbie Roberts-Lauks. The show includes segments, tips, and interviews exploring effective training centered on the well-being of the horse. This multiple award-winning podcast has 1.6 million downloads to date. Horsemanshipradio.com, sponsored by Hands-On Gloves and Monty Roberts University. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Eric Smiley, the author of The Sport Horse Problem Solver, What Works, What Doesn't, and How to Make It Better. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to being with you. This is one of our favorite parts of our job. We love our book club, and we are very lucky, Philip and I, to meet the authors. So, Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a judge, a competitor, and a a coach. And I've sort of combined all those activities for many, many years. I've uh, competed at Olympic 
world and European Championship level on nine championship teams for Ireland. And um, I've judged at Babington and Burley, five-star. And uh, I've coached around the world doing FEI Olympic Solidarity courses, as well as a pretty extensive um, clinic regime in many different countries. I'm still, still clinicking, still teaching, and still riding, but not competing. So I feel that um, I've uh, got aspects of the whole sport that I can comment on and uh, take an interest in. So that's about me, really. Well, I think that that sounds like you're uh, pretty much an expert. Uh, how was how your dressage? It got better. It started <laughs> off not very, very good. It was like a lot of event riders. Um, it was a means to get to the cross country. But actually, I started to appreciate pretty early on in my competitive career that um, it was the fundamental part of all equestrianism. And really, without it, you were going to be found wanting in each of the other disciplines, the cross country and the show jumping. So it was important to, to learn and to become skillful at uh, not only competing in the dressers, but also teaching horses and the reschooling of horses. And often the reschooling of horses is uh, the, in- the interesting part. So I became proficient, if not top at uh, the dressage phase at international level. Well, and it's so true. You know, I'm, I'm lucky here in Kentucky. I have a lot of eventers that I coach and um, many of them now are learning the same thing, right? And how important dressage is. And one of the things you talk about the book is you say, why I don't like the word collection. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think um, when the FEI introduced the word collection into the their tests at the... Uh, the intermediate sort of level, which is three-star sort of level, I think it was so detrimental to everyone's riding. I used to judge it quite um, quite a lot, and everyone's perception of the word collection was a different neck shape, and the, it resulted in the lack of engagement from behind, lack of energy, lack of forwardness, a change of shape, a false shape, and a lack of forwardness. So the word collection is really misunderstood by the majority of riders. And when I say the majority of riders, uh, if we sort of take it that about 95% of the riders do not compete at the elite level, then the second you, you mention the word collection and it's misunderstood, then you have a, a huge number of people uh, who are trying to ride their horses in an incorrect way because of that misunderstanding. And I, I take that even further in all my teaching and all everything I write about. I think one of our responsibilities in our coaching, well, you can include judges, coaches, and riders, is the use of language and the understanding of the words that we use within that language. If we misunderstand the words and the words aren't understood clearly by the participants, then the one to suffer is the horse. And one of the words is collection. Yeah, I think people assign it a different a different meaning um, than what, what was the intention of the idea of, of collection. And I think you, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but people just start putting the brakes on and, you know, start trying to 
rev the horse up into taking slower steps. Yeah, and and they also tend to, um, if they haven't educated the understanding of what the bit means to the horse and what a rebalance means, then you also get the situation that uh, people will bit a horse to try and shorten the front into a frame that looks collected but actually is not collected. And in doing so, they slow everything down to such an extent that they have no engine. And when you have no engine, then you have nothing to use. And part of part of the deal of collection is to express the horse's available energy, the impulsion, and the power to be able to balance that impulsion into a more collected and a shortened frame, but without spoiling all those wonderful things that we're trying to demonstrate the horse is capable of. Yeah. All of us struggle with this, right? And I think that's one of what you're doing in the book is you basically take a problem, right? And you have a pretty concise way of getting to the answer. So can you talk a little bit about how you were thinking that, for example, um, the problem is rejecting the leg? Yeah. If I if I sort of give you some idea where where my mindset went to to start off with uh, the book, it's very much like a clinic. In a in a clinic scenario, as a coach, I will look at uh, the people in that group of uh, of riders, and I have to be very quick at analyzing where their main problem lies. Then I also have to try and find a solution to that problem within my hour, hour and a half, or if I'm lucky enough to have two or three days at it. But um, so it's very much um, the problem solving. It's nice to know where the problem started with. It's nice to know why that's a problem. It's nice to know then what are you going to do about the problem. It's then nice to give your riders some work that can improve the problem and some some tests that they can come to check whether the problem is genuinely solved after you've um, you've worked on it a little bit. But the rejection of the leg, people people sort of are very misunderstanding of the concept of the word forward and. There is a, 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 an overused expression from coaches to say more leg, use this leg, use the leg. But actually, forwards a state of mind. It's not a physical. It's the horse taking you. It's the horse mentally willing and happy to go and take you. The leg is there to communicate and to communicate many other things of how much you want the horse to go, how much engine you want, where, where, where you want the engine to go, whether it's, whether it's to the side, to the front. What do you want to do with the engine? And so the legs are there to communicate that. But if we don't understand that as a coach to a rider and the rider to a horse, then the horse misunderstands it and you get resulting speed or a rejection of the leg and uh, an introduction of spur and whip. Neither of those two things are the answer to a rejection of, of leg. So it's, it's the understanding of the word forward it's the understanding of the word impulsion, available energy, and it's those concepts that make the start of any education the good start point that all riders should go to. So I guess you've answered one of my questions in, in um, you know, what was the inspiration behind this book? I think 
what you're talking about is uh, some basic problems that you see all the time that that every writer could could work on a little bit more. For, for sure. No one ever comes to a clinic and saying, Eric, I'm going really well here. I'm only here just to make up the numbers. Um, everyone, <laughs> goes, everyone goes to a clinic to say, I've got this problem, that problem, whatever. The way I always start, start off every clinic is ask people to tell me two things they like about the horse and one thing that they would like to make better. And it's quite intriguing how people are very unused to talking about things that they like about their horse. They're very used to talking about things that they don't like or don't work. I try and stop them before they even start that and, and ask them to talk about two things that they like about their horse. And some people even, even get stuck to the point that the only thing they like about the horse is the colour, which is really bad start point. Oh, yeah. Poor horse, yeah. I know, yeah, my but, goodness. But it's quite intriguing, the number of people that find that difficult to do. And when I say you're only allowed to tell me one thing that you'd like to make better, I don't say one thing that's bad, but one thing you'd like to make better, because that, that, that in turn, the use of words is turning it into a positive. And once you start talking about those positive things that people want to try and improve, the negatives actually sort of slip, slip away, and there aren't as many negatives as people think there are. And if we start off the book with positives, one of the reasons I, I put cartoons in the book was because mm -hmm. it's quite a serious subject. It's quite a sort of, you know, it's a problem book. But if I lighten it in with the cartoons, then it actually brings people smiling, looking at the cartoons, thinking, oh, I've been there. Oh, I know that. I, I, I identify with that. I, I've seen that face on my horse before. I know what, yeah. It's, it's, it's that trying to lighten it up to think of positives more than negatives because there's a solution to most of the problems. Well, I think it's so good. And, and I, I like it because, you know, again, I've been looking through it and I just read the one that says, don't confuse overbending with suppleness. I literally taught this three times today to three different <laughs> riders. So can I'm, I was like, let's talk more about that because that's a really common problem. It is. It is. Everyone, everyone is, is obsessed with uh, some of the sound bites and some of the words that are used in, in the training scale are very, very confusing and really not uh, necessary to use. Um, there's, uh, if I listen to coaches at shows and I listen to the words that they use, the words that they use are not helpful to a lot of the riders. And often you look at a coach and listen to what they're saying and then look at the rider and watch what they're doing, and the two are not related. The coach is, is using the words that sound good to impress other people. And the rider is doing what they think the coach is saying. The word bend is unnecessary. We don't need bend other than to prove that we can. What we need is horses riding straight. We don't need suppleness other than to see if the horse pays attention to the aids and understands what they're being asked to do. Horses are naturally supple. So let's not talk about Ben. Let's not talk about 
suppleness. Let's talk about other words, forward, straight, and regular, three nice words, which are actual tangible riding words. And they're a very good start point to get people thinking of simplifying the words and the qualities that we want our horses to actually demonstrate. And as a rider, feeling something, riding it, you get much more understanding of what you're trying to do with the horse. So forward, straight, and regular is where I start start with, with the book. And then I use three other words, which are chapter headings, and trying to take you through chapter headings, which are connection, to contact, to be consistent, three Cs. So it's, it's again, a very straightforward thing. The book goes in a, in a, in a chapter-by-chapter chapter thing that I'm taking you from legs, quarters, back, pole, jaw, bit, hand. That, again, is between leg and hand. But that's the tangible way that that demonstrates itself. The legs talk to the hindquarters. The hindquarters push through the back. The pole is um, relaxed. The lower jaw is relaxed. What's attached to the lower jaw is the bit. What's attached to the bit is the hand. So you have a communication from leg to hand. And if we do it in a simple way and talk about it in a simple way, it's much easier for riders to understand. This this all sounds great to me. I, I think uh, I can't wait to get into it and, and get reading and, and get some tools to help my students and to help myself. I think this is going to be fantastic. Well, I, I, I try and make it as, as in the clinics, I try and make the thought process of everyone being able to understand where the start point is. And, it, and, and in, in making it simple, it is not meant to be patronizing to people that I don't think they're capable of understanding things more complicated. It's nothing to do with that. If we're riding, it's amazing how much we have to do and the more we have to think, the less we actually function in a quick and uh, articulate way with our, our bodies, because thinking slows things down. But instinctive reaction for a simple response speeds things up. And if I want to relate flat work to jumping and jumping to cross country, then I have to make rider horse responses um, instantaneous and instinctive, because that's going to make for safer cross-country riding. It's also going to make for uh, more likelihood of clear around show jumping. So the relationship between all three phases for me is critical, but the simplicity of how you demonstrate that to uh, coaches and riders is, is also very important. And from a judging point of view, I think judges have a responsibility as well. And I think more judges could take on board instead of trying to impress people with some fancy words, which sound wonderful and sound like the expert talking to uh, another expert and, and in a very exclusive language, they could actually do with using some simple words that we that we all understand and that we all should be writing. Yeah, I, I love that because at the end of the day, I do like the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. I think that's yeah. really important. You know, I think with writing, there's so many different parts and so many different pieces 
that is so important. And I, I completely agree with you on the judging because sometimes those fancy words, people come back and they try to, to do what that judge was saying or trying to say. And, and sometimes it's just too much. So um, I think that's great. Well, Eric, you have been so generous with your time. Can you tell us again, the book's name, the book title and how we find it? Uh, the Sport Horse Problem Solver. And you find it through uh, Trafalgar Square Books. They have been really, really good. Martha Cook and Rebecca Didier have been wonderful in allowing me to to write this one and also sort of the one before, uh, The Two Brains, One Aim. And so I've enjoyed working with them. Exactly. And you can find that at horseandriderbooks.com. Eric, thank you again for your time. We so appreciate it. Not at all. Thank you for having me. Well, Phil, for this week's trainer tip, I actually have one for us, or I have a question or something I wanted to talk about. I was teaching a student the other day, and we were talking about the scale of AIDS, or what I call the scale of AIDS. And I wanted to talk about that because I think so many people don't have a feeling of how strong the aid for something should be. So I call it the scale of AIDS, right? From zero, which is no aid, to 10, which that's a lot of aid. There's got to be a reason for that, right? Um, And everything in between. So do you want to talk a little bit about this or you want me to keep going? I'd like to hear you. Yeah, just keep going. (laughs) Keep going. Good idea. (laughs) So basically what was happening was her horse wasn't moving laterally off her inside leg. And I mean, she was just kicking, 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 kicking. And, you know, we had to move off the leg and I had her just stop. And I said, zero to 10, what was that aid? And she said, it's probably a seven. And I was like, well, what happens if you back aid actually a little bit and start more in the one to two range? If he doesn't listen, then tap him with the whip or use a stronger leg aid, which would be more five or six. And then, then go to the stick and really get your point across. Because in my opinion, she started way too high on the scale of eights, right? I don't want to be yelling at anyone, right? I'm actually not like that. Um, I would much prefer to stay at a, at a gentle ask, right? But sometimes I think people don't feel that. And that's sort of that feeling of becoming a rider is sometimes you don't want to go in. You don't want to go in screaming. You want to go in normally and, and between like a two and a three on the scale of eight. So I think that can come in for canter transitions or canter walk transitions. I mean, anything you're doing, I think it's really important to make sure that you're not in that scale of way high. Does that make sense, Phil? See where I'm going with that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They um, People get kind of into the, you know, into asking a little bit too loud because they don't want to take the time to ask quietly first and then, you know, kind of dial it up. Right. And so yes. they kind of get stuck. And like you said, that six or seven where, uh, you know, they're always like, it's a little bit like, what's the point of asking at a three if I, you know, they don't expect the horse to move off of a, a three eight. So they're constantly seven, 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 seven. And then they just get stuck there. So yes, I, th- I think that's what absolutely. you're talking about. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think that's really important to really think about that as you're training your horse and you're riding your horse, don't get stuck in, in, in the seven, eight, nine, like you shouldn't be there. It's kind of like, I mean, every once in a while I want to yell at Phil, 
but <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> but you know, normally to get to should happen at a normal, a normal level. Right. And it's the same with horses, right? If you're screaming at your horse and that's your normal, yeah, you really need to think about that scale. And, and so as you're riding your, you, you know, your horse this week, think about that. Like, where is my scale? Am I starting in, in a lower scale? And am I taking the time to really make sure my first ask is correct, right? Depending, it's, it's dependent on what you're doing, right? But if you're going from walk to trot, you know, are your legs even, are you pushing with your seat? Are you not have one seat bone ahead of the, you know, again, so it's a loaded question in a way, but when I use a light leg aid, does my horse listen or do I always have to scream and kick and get that horse in front of me? So, well, yeah, I I mean, you know, what I was going to say is that, um, you got to use the, the lower end of the scale so that you have also tools at the upper end of the scale. So, if uh, you're if you're asking your horse to move and they are just ignoring you, how are you going to get them in front of your leg? And and what does that mean in front of the leg? That that means if you're using the eight, nine, ten end of the scale, you have to be galloping. Yes. Right. And so, mm-hmm. as a rider, uh, I think particularly dressage riders, they want to feel safe and and whatever. And then they're kicking away and and nothing is happening. Right. So, I mean. I see this from riders all the time. Like you are kicking and nothing is happening, right? Like I want to see you gallop. And and sometimes I'll have to, you know, take out the lunge whip and and show riders that, hey, your horse can pay attention, but you have to demand that out of them. Right. And I think that's actually a really valid point because if you have a horse, I mean, and, and this is very general, so please go with me, everybody. But when you have a horse that's a little more on the lazy side, right? And, and this is for me too. I don't like dry, riding fire breathing dragons anymore, right? And they're a little bit lazy. They're essentially people are going to say they're more amateur proof, and I don't mean that in a bad way because I'm I don't like crazy crazy horses when you put your leg on and they're jumping through the air. However, exactly, they may be just flat behind your leg, and those horses can get a little spicy. And you do have to spice them up. And I think that that's a huge discussion and something that's really important to talk about. Um, Because, and Phil and I, any professional will tell you, you cannot sit pretty on a horse that's behind your leg, period. No, will not happen. Because you have to have that horse in front of your seat so that your leg can be down and soft and get that horse in front of you. So if you're kicking, 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 I don't care who you are, you're not going to look good right? It's going to be really difficult to keep that horse in front of you. So that comes back to the scale. If you use your leg, the horse should respond, period. So um, yeah, just check that as you're riding. That was my tip. You know, just just check your scale. And are you in a a normal range? Are you in that kicking and stuck in the mud, essentially, um, with that horse? And and you can fix it. You can fix it. I've never met a horse you can't get in front of the leg, really, truly. So how about you, Phil? Any, any closing thoughts? No, I, I think, I think that was, that was very good. And, uh, uh you know, let, let's just keep all of our horses in front of, in front of our yeah. legs and don't, don't let them, like you said, get stuck in the mud or just get dead to the leg because, you know, that doesn't result in, in good training. And it's not, that's not fun <laughs> actually <laughs> at the end of the day. So I hope that helps think about your scale this week and we hope you have a great week. Well, as always, keep your email and Facebook shout outs coming. They make our day. 
You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a show. That's Kentucky Performance Products. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.